to the Shot of Espresso podcast, presented to you by Ray's Ramblings. Are you on a mission to be great? Because life is way too short to not make the most of it. My name is Ray Gardner, and I wanted this podcast to serve as a mirror, and for you to look in the mirror and hold yourself accountable to be the best version of yourself. Let's be great together. Let's get it, people. Yo, welcome to the Shot of Espresso, brought to you by Ray's Ramblings. All right, I'm here with my main man, Dave Patron. Nah, not Patron. Catron, man. How you doing today, man? Introduce your damn self. I'm good, Ray, man. I'm glad to be on the podcast. Uh, we've just been talking for like, what, 40 minutes prior to the podcast. I feel like we should have been recording, but... Uh, the whole time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. We are in business together, you and I, a little bit, and uh, work together on some stuff. But I own, I currently own a company called Vine Strategies, which is a consulting company. We work with people like yourself to mm-hmm. grow their businesses, whatever that business might be, whether it's marketing, producing a podcast, yeah. it really doesn't matter. And so I've been doing that for about uh, about, a, about four or five years now. And okay. used to own all the Smoothie Kings in town and just sort of have always been that crazy serial entrepreneur. And here I am sitting on the on the podcast with you today. Man, God. So, uh, you and I, man, uh, it was cool because I was, like, searching for somebody to help me. And uh, the more and more I searched, I, the more and more I got disappointed. Like, you know, uh, I'm like, ah, this, it just didn't feel right. And, like, I have a hard time saying getting out of stuff. It's easy to just, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I do it. And then I'm like, shit, I know I shouldn't have did it. So, like, with you, I feel like it was organic. Uh, mm-hmm. Mainly because yeah, I think Adam Adam Mott connected yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. And what Adam said was, he was like, "It's this guy you you gotta work with him." And then obviously, in their typical Mott way, he asked for a percentage. <laughs> he ain't getting a damn thing though. Like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but uh, so we met at Starbucks and we it was supposed to be a half an hour meeting. We talked for like two hours, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Just let me know where to sign." Yeah. So um so how did you get into buying strategies? So I got into buying strategies sort of. I guess I'll start in college. So I, I went to Flagler College in St. Augustine, Florida. Um, I, I was an accounting major. I was also a philosophy religion major just because I enjoyed it and I enjoyed debating and, and reading about that stuff. What but, is, exactly is that? Is that to be lined up to be a preacher? So that's, so that's it's more like you, you're lined up to be a teacher, basically. Okay. There's really no, it's not like it wasn't a Christian school or a Catholic school. It was just sort of learning about spirituality, religion. Okay. You're reading old books and stuff like that. So, so what is it a debate about? Is God real? Like, yeah, you it, might be yeah, in a class oh, where that oh, works. Okay. So half the room has to debate that God is real. Half the yeah. room has to debate God isn't real. All okay, the big so, bang versus... Yeah, yes, okay. exactly. And so it was fun. I enjoyed it. But honestly, what was crazy is I kind of fell in love with online poker. That was okay. like the big boom when I was in college and played at the dog tracks, Hard rock, like I just got obsessed with it. Yeah, it was yeah. playing pretty consistently, and um, just I thought I was going to become a professional poker player. Like you asked my wife today, like that's my secret dream. Yeah, that one yeah. day I'm, I'm going to do that. <laughs> um, but really, what it comes down to is I just really enjoy problem solving. Okay. And so after college, I got involved, went into business with my dad, who owned two Smoothie Kings at the time, um, and just fell in love with business, something I never thought I would fall in love with. Um, but really what I fell in love with is, was the problem solving, right? Okay. was how do I solve this problem? Business, in my mind, is a problem to be solved, yep. right? The problem yep. is I want to grow my business, right? Mm-hmm. I want to accomplish X goal with this business. How do I do that? How do I solve that problem? Every goal is a problem. How do you, how do you solve it? Um, and so one of the first things I did was 
really just kind of made it my mission to figure out how to solve this problem of smoothie king. How do I how do I be the best at this? And so I think within like five to eight years, something like that, we ended up honestly less than that. We had, we ended up opening up seven stores. So I bought in at two. We opened up seven more. Um, I remember having like nine stores. I feel like, like I oh, honestly right into yeah. We had like I mean some of them were like uh, small catering locations. Okay. And okay. Trucks that we used at different events and stuff, but. But that's what sort of got my, my, my wheels turning on business and problem okay. solving. And then towards the end of my time at Smoothie King, I had kind of grown the, the internal ranks at Smoothie King Corporate. I got elected to whatever, this advisory council board yeah. and this board and started working with franchisees on like a consulting basis who were struggling or who wanted to grow their business. And that's when I really fell in love with, okay, I love working with business owners to grow their business, yeah. right? And that's sort of what Vine Strategies has become. You know, it's, it's evolved a lot over the last... Uh, five years or so, but really just how do we work with the same thing I was doing at Smoothie King, but what if it's not a Smoothie King owner? What if yeah. it's a Ray Gardner who's trying to, you know, grow his following or grow his business? It's like, all right, how do we solve this problem? Like, what mm -hmm. tools do we have? Um, and so once we sold Smoothie King in late 2017, I, prior to that, was had the consulting business because I was working with Smoothie King to do consulting for some of the franchises. Okay, so, so I had to have... Yeah, a business yeah, to do yeah. that with. Okay. And so that's when I started Vine Strategies. And I started two other businesses. I started a, an online apparel company okay. and an online supplement company. So those are the three businesses I own today um, and have been running since we sold Smoothie King. So I have an online apparel company and a supplement company. Okay. What, what do you do with the apparel and the supplement company? So the apparel company is uh, odgapparel.com. It's an online Christian apparel company Okay. that focuses sort of on... Um, creating apparel that, if you are a Christian or you're, you you want to promote uh, Jesus, you can do so in a way where people are like, that's a really cool shirt. What does yeah, it mean? Yeah. Right? Um, and so we do really well online. Going back into your Christian debating days. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then the supplement company is, it's a company that I'm running, um, but it's definitely the third business that I think about, right? Okay. So we have sales. It's not something I'm actively promoting through marketing right now. We have a couple key relationships, but at the end of the day, we're, we're really trying to secure better funding for that because of the fact that I have two other companies that are successful. It's yep. hard to Spend pivot time. my time and energy. And yep. so if someone wanted to invest in it, we have a couple of conversations out right now with some professional tennis players Okay, that... I think that that's, there's a ton of value for them. Yeah. You're like, hey, we'll run it, but it's hard to want to spend my time and my money on yeah. something when yeah. I, I have other things that are being profitable. And yeah. so we're still running it. It's just not our main focus. Okay. And so that's really what woke up. So basically, Vine Strategies was originally just a consulting company. Hey, how do you want to grow your business? Here, here's some ideas. Here's what we would do. Strategic stuff. But then as we got into e-commerce with the apparel company and with the supplement company, it immediately changed to okay, I had this brick and mortar, like physical business strategy. Now I have this digital side of it too. How do we uh, kind of make these two things talk together, right? Okay. And there's so many things that I've learned over the last five years that, man, I wish I would I was doing when I was at Smoothie King. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, I wish I'd go back in time and do what I'm doing now with Facebook marketing and Instagram stuff. And so that's sort of now Vine Strategy has become this thing of how do we connect those two worlds? How do we connect digital marketing with like old school business practices of like doing things well and having strategy and thinking about why you're doing the things that you do and so that's what I do on a daily basis it's pretty chaotic I have a million things yeah like going on we talk about it all the time just yeah. a million things going on and trying to make sense of balancing all those things out um 
But w one of the ways that we do that is really treating our own businesses that we own as clients, right? Rather than thinking of them as like three businesses that we own, we uh, really think about it as one business, which okay. is Vine Strategies, which is a consulting company okay. that works with companies to grow their company. And, and those you, are companies I own just happen to uh, be... Part of your clientele. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's, the, okay. that's, like been, this, that's been a huge shift in my own head recently so that I don't feel like I'm juggling three different businesses. Okay. I'm juggling one business that happens to have two clients that I, I just happen to own the business. Okay. Right? So, like, I, I remember you talking about, uh, I mean, you started off with uh, two Smoothie Kings. Mm -hmm. um, is it a, what's, the, what's the difference that you've seen between two Smoothie Kings and nine? Uh, because a lot of times people think it's more time, more energy. Mm -hmm. Is that necessarily true? or? So, it, it's funny because I still get people who reach out to us from the Smoothie King world who will say things like, hey, you know, someone gave me your number, just wanted to reach out, you know, get your honest assessment, like, should I go into Smoothie King? And, and a lot of people have this messed up view that somehow owning a business could be like a retirement. Like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retire, mm. and this business is going to, like, make money for me. Ah. It's, like, not how it works. Like, no business actually works yeah. that way. No business is that, <laughs> like, oh, I just, like, bought a business, and, like, I hang out at home, and it just makes money, yeah. right? Like, it does, well, doesn't work that way. McDonald's? Yeah, I guess, I guess McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, and so that's, to your question, yeah. that's the, the way that you make money in a Smoothie King sort of franchise model is you either have one or two, that you work your face off, right? Like you work in the store, you make smoothies, yeah. you clock in, yeah. and you don't hire someone for $10 an hour to yeah. do it because yeah. you need that $10 an hour, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's when you have one or two. Yeah. Or you have 15, okay. right? And so the reason I pushed, once I bought in with my dad to, to grow them was I kind of looked around at two stores and was like, listen, we have a decision to make. We don't want to... We don't get. We don't have the ability to not work in the stores yeah. if we're going to stick with two. Ah, if we have yeah. two. We're clocking in and clocking out, yeah. and we're making money on the fact that we're saving money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's where our profit is. Gotcha. Or you open up fifteen and you make a little bit on each store. Right. Okay. Like that's really. So part of that saving money is uh, the human capital. Yes. You, exactly. You actually spending time. Yeah. Exactly. So I think about a lot. A lot of times uh, with the gym industry, uh, how hard, um, like. Right now, I spend, in order for me to make money, I have to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so if you to have five or six gyms, you can't possibly be there. Mm -hmm. So do you think anything like a gym, the way gyms operate, I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but do you think it can have uh, a Smoothie King success when it comes to franchising? Or what do you see the difference? I mean, obviously it can, right? But But at the end of the day, I think... And I've worked with some gyms in the past, and again, you're in that industry, and so we work together, and we, I, you know, I'm always my head's in that space, and I think about it. But, but at the end of the day, I think people, as much as they fall in love with certain models, right? I think about like F fifty F forty five, I think it is the mm -hmm. F forty five gyms. Like I, I was working with a, a F forty five owner out in Lakewood Ranch recently, just sort of on a consulting basis, and just sort of. He wanted to pick my brain on some things. And at the end of the day, I just feel like people are going to do that, right? Like, that's a model. Uh -huh. But is, is, it really comes down to what that person – he was not a trainer. Okay. He's a business owner. Yep. Right? And so he doesn't care about how, what your form should be. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so for some – I think for someone like yourself, that's going to be one of the struggles. Yeah. Is making that transition – it's a completely different business. 
right? Okay. Like once you make that transition, okay. there's no going back. I mean, talking about Smoothie King in particular, right? Like one of the things that was the hardest transition from two to four stores okay. was what was acceptable at two stores, right? It's a totally different acceptability, what you're allowed to accept, what you have to accept at four stores, right? When, when, when an employee did, you know, made a smoothie poorly, when we had two stores, I knew when it happened, I knew who it, I knew who it was, I knew the yeah. guest, I had seen them, oh, you know, the next time they come in, I get to say, hey, last time you were here, they didn't make it perfect, ah. I'm going to make it right this time. Okay. You don't get that. At four stores, I don't care if they make it wrong. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I have to, but, but I have to commit to that. I have to decide I can't let those things bother me. This is way more a math game at four stores. It's way yeah. more about how many people are coming in the store, how quickly can I get them in and out, how much money am I making each time they come in. That's the model, right? And so that's the hardest shift, I would say, for gyms or for trainers who, who, who like yourself, are, hey, I am the one who brings in the money by being the face of what yeah. I do. Yeah. That transition is you're never going to hire a trainer as good as you. Yeah. Even if they could make the argument that they are as good as you, yeah. you're never going to view it the same way because you're like, ah, there's little things. I wish I, I wish they would do this. Yeah. I wish they would do that. Yeah. that. You can only train so much, right? The more you grow, the lower that kind of acceptance rate is, right? Okay. So for you right now, when you train, you're going to say, hey, nothing less than 100% is going to be given to the customer, yeah. right? 100%. The second you get a second person that you start to train, you got to immediately tell yourself, hey, our baseline now is 90. Yeah. Because not only are you training when I, I wish I could be, but I'm also focused on you while I'm training them. Yeah. So yeah, even I when I'm working, I gotta worry about uh, you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I gotta okay. even accept. Like, and so that that just that ability to keep things. Now again, then your job becomes over time. How do I keep that number at 92, 93 percent? Okay. And not make turn it to 75. Yeah. That's, 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 what, that's, that's what happens. Is people get yeah. too they accept too little yeah. over time. And so I think I think just growing from there, growing, you just have to just realize. No matter how great your process is, no matter how perfect things are, things are going to get messed up. Yeah. People are going to do stupid things they shouldn't do. Yeah. And so with gyms and stuff like that, that that that's why training becomes so valuable. And anyway, growing yeah. like that is just hard. Yeah, and you know, one one thing I struggle with personally is like, um, people come to Smoothie King for the smoothie. Mm-hmm. If Dave worked there, the cashier that's always positive, that's just a super added bonus. Mm. Like you know, like you know, it just makes that experience is that much better for the customer. And they might particularly, on Fridays when smoothies are $5, mm-hmm. maybe go out their way to go to that one because Dave the cashier is going to light their day up and they know him. Mm-hmm. If Dave the cashier go on vacation or find a different job, they still going to go to them $5 Fridays. Mm-hmm. You know, so with the gym, I look at is uh, one thing I struggle with, and that's why I ask you that, is because um, it's... It's only one me, and a lot of times I realize that people don't come just for exercises. Mm. If that was the truth, they can buy a couple of dumbbells online and look up YouTube, and they can be perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Or go to Lifetime, Crunch, or any of those places. So a lot of times you come into the gym to train with me, mm-hmm. which makes my sight for multiple gyms a little more cloudy, and I go back and forth. Should it be cloudy or should I? Yeah. I know it's possible because F45 and Fit Body Bootcamp got them probably based off an outstanding trainer or a person or, mm-hmm. or whatever. So, like, those are the things that I, I that cloud my vision because I know the numbers when I'm not in class, the numbers in my class, and when I'm not in class, they can, mm-hmm. they can vary big. Also, people that start at another gym never had the experience of me anyway. Mm-hmm. 
So like you know, so like if I can if I can be a a good leader or or hire some people that's that's really good at doing what they do, then they can develop the customer experience to that person. And if I ever wanted to train, I might be second fiddle to those people. But but that's where training, that's where again something I tell business owners to be constantly doing is that's why writing down what you do, ah. creating those standard operating like hey this is how we do things, ah. right like constantly is it really important, right? And so what I would say to you, like let's say we were working together and, and you're like, Dave, I'm about to open up a second gym mm-hmm. and you know, whatever, we're gonna grow from here. The big thing that we would work on is what is it that you do that is the key maker? Like what mm-hmm. is the key thing that changes it so that people are like, I gotta work out with Ray. Like I just have to do it. Like, would it have to be something that uh that so sometimes I, I, I ask you a question. I don't know sometimes uh what I do is necessarily the most efficient way for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like, I can tell you two things that I do every class, nicknames and hugs. But what if the person is not a hugger? But but that, the thing, but I would fight back and say, let's go even higher than that. Okay. It's not specific like that. So something we did at Smoothie King that I, fo- I forced every client I worked with from a consulting perspective with Smoothie King is we had core values, right? Okay. We had high-level core values that I wanted every employee, like if you worked for me at Smoothie King, you could recite these things top to bottom. Right, like I would ask you at any given time, what's core value number six? What's core value number eight? Right, something that I was obsessed with, and the reason why is because I knew that as we grew, there was only so much I could tell you. Okay. Right, there's only so much I could train you on. Like, okay. hey, if a guest comes in and they order this, but they don't order this, okay. do that. It's like sooner or later you're gonna forget. Hey, what am I supposed to do in that one random situation? Yeah. But if I gave you this this core value, this framework to make decisions from, ah. then no matter what decision came in, you could think back to, okay, Dave wants us, so one of the core values was, um, we strive to create the greatest guest experience possible. Okay. And so when a situation comes up, I want that to drive the framework. Got you. And then my okay. job as the manager slash owner okay. becomes, when, when a problem occurs and a guest comes to me and says, I had an issue at your store, I trace it back to the employee and say, hey, if our core value is greatest guest experience possible, why did you do what? Why did you do that? Uh, oh, I don't know. No, no, you don't get to say I don't know. You uh, get to say I'm dumb. You get to say I chose not to follow that. Yeah. But you don't get to say I don't know. Right? Uh, because that's not who we are. We don't say we strive to do okay with the guest. Yeah. If our goal <laughs> is to be absolutely the best yeah. we possibly can with the guest, then the guest, it should be really hard for the guest to leave. Okay. And not say, wow, they, they weren't the best ever, but, man, they tried. They yeah, were shooting okay. in that direction. Okay, okay, Right? Okay. So similarly, it's like if, if, if part of what you do differently with training is you make people feel valued, right, then that's a core value. We want every guest that walks into our gym to be known. We want to know their name. Uh, we want them to be, feel valued, right? Uh, I'm putting that I'm putting that ownership. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if yeah. you force yeah. a trainer to think that way, your goal then becomes following up with them and saying, hey, how did you make them feel valued? And if they go, I don't know. No, 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 no. you can't not know that. Uh, You're failing at your job. I don't care if they felt valued. I actually care, do you know how you made them feel valued? Uh, right? Because you, you can't do that on accident. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You can't do the greatest guest experience without thinking consciously, how am I going to do this? Uh, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And so those core values, that framework is really what is really the game changer, right? That's how you can grow. That's how we were able to go from two stores to, to you know, nine stores. Okay. 
without a huge drop off. Most stores saw a huge drop off, right? Okay. We did not, uh, right? We saw. Obviously, you have to understand. There's a there's a difference between me taking an order and an employee taking an order. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. But that drop off needs to be almost non-existent, right? Uh, That's the goal. Is how do we okay. get that? It's creating that framework. Okay. So uh, one thing I know about you is um, success in business is just not enough. You also take success as a husband just mm-hmm. as serious. With all the businesses that you own and the things that you're doing and the people that you're responsible for. What are ways that you like balance stuff out, right? Because yeah. all of it have one thing in common, time. Mm-hmm. We don't have that much of it. So what are what are some of the difficulties that you uh, that experience with that imbalance? And then what did you do to, to flatten that curve a little? Yeah, I mean, it's tough, right? Like I think that I, I think that for anybody who enjoys business or really is passionate about what they do mm-hmm. right and which I think we should be I think we all I think if you're doing something and you're not passionate about it either you need to get passionate about it or you need to change right yeah. I'm not I'm not quick to say you need to change automatically because maybe yeah. you just need to grow up a little yeah. bit become, how do you get passion I'm just always I, I, yeah I think for me it's there's days I think I'm in a season right now where I'm not passionate I'm not as passionate as I usually am. I think people yeah. can tell from this podcast, I'm passionate about what I do. Yeah. But there's this is a season just with COVID and everything, it's felt like a struggle, like to she, get yeah. keep that going, you know? Me too, to be honest. Yeah, I think, I think all of us. Like, I think just that cumulative stress that we all feel. I was telling um, someone earlier today, like, there are things that knock me off my horse that wouldn't have knocked me off my horse pre before COVID. Yeah, okay. Like something that would have just been like that really ruined my day. Yeah. But now like ruins my week, right? Yep. Like it's, okay, sort, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's sort of like, um, yeah. But when it comes to, I'll, I'll start with the passion question. Like for me, I when I first started in smoothie king, I hated it. Okay. I really did not think I was meant for it. And then, honestly, for me, it was realizing that. I don't have control over everything, right? Like that, I just sort of realize, honestly, I mean, to, to, to kind of speak to my own faith, like in Jesus, like I, I prayed a lot about it and was like trying to fight against where I was rather than just sort of saying, I'm here at Smoothie King, yeah. right? Instead of trying to think of, man, what would it be like if I weren't here at Smoothie King? Yeah. It's like, what does it look like to do this well today? And realizing that the, the, the facts of the matter will, will happen first before the feelings. I think okay. so often we want the feeling of passion. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm, and so people change jobs all the time. Uh, or they change this and to okay. like find the feelings. Instead of like, hey, what if I was disciplined and diligent today to do what, again, maybe I'm not cut out. I, I remember saying this to myself, maybe I'm not cut out for Smoothie King. But at the very least, I'm here today. Yeah. So I have two options be really sucky at my job today yeah. thinking about what other job I could be at mm-hmm. or do today really well and see if that changes uh, my feelings towards oh, it tomorrow, oh, oh. right? Like that's, okay. that was one of the big things that shifted for me was okay. like, rather than always wishing I was doing something else or having one foot in, one foot out, I just started doing what I was doing well. And you realize how quickly that changes your own emotion towards something when you just decide uh, I'm not going to be lazy. I'm going to do what I'm doing well. I'm going to care about what I'm doing. I'm going to care about the people I'm working with. So that was a huge shift for me, and that really drove me in the passion of, like, I really do enjoy business, mm. and I enjoy doing this well. Um, that was huge for me, like, finding that passion for, okay. for what I do. Um, when it comes to balance and family and life, man, I'm so – it's something I'm always trying to figure out how to do. Okay. It's just hard. Like, I think anybody that's trying to be – to, to be successful or to, 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 to strive for their goals in business, 
is always bumping up against it. If you're not bumping up against that wall of how do I cut things out, how do I change my schedule, if you're not bumping into it, chances are you're you're failing at it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like if yep. Or super complacent where you're yes, trying to you're do just like, hey, suck it up. Yeah. You know, you're telling your significant other, like, I don't want to tell you, like, this yep. is what this is what I gotta do. Yep. Instead of like, how do I change things? How do I change, you know, okay. and realize that that's life. Yeah. Right? Like there there is no getting out of that. We we just live in this weird culture right now, especially like for younger. We work I work with a lot of like high schoolers and college age kids through young life. My wife works for young life and we do a lot of ministry and just like spend time with them. And it's like yeah. There's this sentiment for a lot of people, and I think it even falls into my own mind sometimes of like that somehow we can all just like have everything is just really easy and like there's no struggle and like life like oh someone will just give you money like if yeah. nothing you don't have to work for it and yeah. like you know yeah. like it doesn't and exist. That'd be the greatest life ever. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it doesn't exist. Like life, there's struggle and work is a struggle and figuring out how to balance family is a struggle. Like it's just a reality of the of, of the of, of things. And so I think with balance, one of the big things for me was. Um, even recently, like my wife just coming to me and being like, this is insane. Like you can't keep working like this. I was, was working, working like, I was working like on a normal day, like 8am to five, you know, eating dinner, hanging out with the kids and then working again till from eight to midnight, you know? Holy shit. And so for me, that's what I grew up in. I just, I yeah. watched my dad do it. And so for me, it's like, yeah, I don't tell you, I got to yeah, get these yeah, things yeah. done. You, know? <laughs> you like these lights, honey? You yeah. Just turn on and on. And, and, oh. and so for me, yeah. But but what but what she was so good at showing me is like, you don't need to work like this. Yeah. You just can't help yourself. One hundred. Right. Like if you're smarter, you plan out your life better, and you're more disciplined. You know, in what you say yes to, what you say no to, like those things. Again, so much of it is, we just respond to life rather than proactively planning out. Yeah. Like, hey, what do I want? What am I shooting for here? Yeah. Am I shooting for a life where I work seven a.m. to you know, where I work 12 hours a day. I'm like, is that what I'm going for? Yeah. And if it's not, how do I work backwards? Yeah. Right? And so after like a few h- hard weeks during COVID and during the lockdowns where my wife was like, this is insane, this is insane. She was like, yo, something needs to change. And I'm so thankful that she did that because I spent like 30 days really intentionally trying to map out, okay, what do I want business and life to look like? What clients do I have to say no to? Like what clients are sucking the life out of me? Do you have I- to get rid of some? Or at so, least reevaluate? Yeah. I, I didn't get rid of some, but I did reevaluate and kind of like start to change just the dynamics of those relationships. Okay. Um, and even and, and even some of the ones that I have moved away from, honestly, were more partners that I was working with, like okay. different people that I was in business with that I just ended up saying like, hey, this just, our relationship is so stressful because you and I work so differently and just having to have hard conversations like that and also having to... Really make the decision of what do I want out of this work? Do I want more time or do I want more money? Ah. Right? And so realizing I want more time. I don't want more money. Yeah. Even though on my worst days I want more money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But it, when I'm really honest with myself, I do want the time. Like I want yeah. the freedom to say, hey, we're doing well. Like, And I can take less money but have someone kind of handle that. And so I ended up hiring someone to kind of handle some of that bigger stuff. And yeah. I ended up, instead of trying to hire the cheapest person, yeah, hiring someone who's Pay, you know, I pay well and going, all right, this is helpful for me. Now, now I'm yeah. buying that time back, basically. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm giving away money for that time. And yeah. so um, that was huge for me. But, but it starts with planning. It starts with saying, hey, I got to sit down and map out my week, map out my month, map, map out, hey, what do I want five years to look like? Yeah. Rather than taking it day by day, just responding to the day as it comes, mm-hmm. just too difficult to do with that, yeah. you know? Yeah, and that, 
I, I, I really appreciate the honesty in it because, I mean, when you first get into this training business, man, it can consume you. Mm-hmm. I mean... Well, especially yeah. when your time is connected to money. Yes. You're like, well, if I work one more... <laughs> if I do one yeah, more... Yeah, one more client. <laughs> yeah, one more... Uh, and, you know, uh, and when you first start, and you can't say no. You can't afford it. Mm-hmm. When I first started, man, I... When I first started, I came from a gym that I wasn't paid at all from. So, like, I started off in the negatives. But I had the the, the power of um, human resources. I had did a great job. I never really cared about the money in the first place. That never stopped me from doing the, the best job I mm. Kind of go back to what you said before. As you said, like, you know, I just worried about that day. Yeah. I didn't worry about that. Um, I don't know. My car was possibly about to get repoed. Or I couldn't pay rent. I mean, when I stepped in that classroom to perform, I performed because that's what they pay for, even though the money wasn't going to me. But, you know, uh, but one thing when I made the transition to uh, to doing things on my own independent as an independent contractor, I I wanted to be in a position where I was in control of my schedule. Right. But when you start, you really not in control. I mean, I was starting at five in the morning. Mm-hmm. I was getting done. My last client started at 6.15. So I got done at 7.15, 7.30. And then I get home uh, to my wife at 8 o'clock. And she want to talk. But I spend my entire day listening. And I just don't have any left, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, I'm like, shit, this, this was a little before I got married. So, like, uh, I was like, and but I, she was the one. So I was like, this not, I'm not going to be... I'm not a great fiance at the time. Mm. And at this point, I for damn sure not going to be a good husband. Mm. Like, you know, she didn't pick my career. Like, that was my choice, you know? So, uh, like, she picked me because I am a good listener. I am caring. So I have to find ways to make sure I'm energetic enough to be the man that she married. You know, and uh, for me, I so I stopped training. I don't train anybody after 6 p.m. You know, um, I don't train anybody Wednesday afternoons no more. Mm. You know, uh, because I wanted to work on, uh, like, my podcast. And mm-hmm. and if I want to go out to lunch with a friend or do anything different in the afternoon outside of working, I yeah. can do that Wednesday afternoon. But so, but you said it perfectly. I don't work after 6 p.m. Right? Yeah. Like, you, you decided. Yeah. Again, that's what's changed for me is it was it's working backwards. Set the schedule. All right, I'm going to train between these hours. Yeah. Well, if you want to make this much money, then this is what you need to charge. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, almost yeah, working yeah, backwards yeah. rather than just responding yeah. to like, oh, a new client came in. All right, I'll take that client. Like yeah. working backwards and saying, hey, if I want to make this much money each year and I, and I have this way of making this money and I have this, these constraints within my schedule, then this is what we need to do. Yeah. Or I need to reassess my goals. Yeah, right? Like it's just not possible to get both of these things. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, th- those rules are so important. Even for me, it's like, right, these are the kind of clients I take on. These are not the kind of clients I take on. What, what's, some of the, uh, what's some of the balances that you have in place? Like, you would not work this type? Or, or what's the particular client that you involve yourself with? I think I'm still working those out. Okay. I think I'm still, just because the last, that, that 30 day time frame where I really started to rethink some things because things were so crazy was only 90 days ago, you know? Okay. And so I still feel like I'm making sense of it. A couple things that have come out of that season are um, obviously hiring. Uh, her name's Jen. You work with her all the time. She's been great. You know, hiring Jen, letting her kind of 
great is an understatement. <laughs> she is the GOAT. Like, <laughs> like I went to, from talking to you. I you that's how I that's the reason why I'm passionately asking you this. Cause you used to talk to me too much. Yeah. I'm like, you the CEO. No, I shouldn't be not obviously like I, I respect that we have the relationship mm-hmm. that if I do call you, yeah. that you you will be there. Like, you know what I'm saying? But like as a CEO, I shouldn't I love when like weirdly because I'm in that position now and I'm trying to set my life up. Mm-hmm. I, I weirdly I love when we set up a meeting and I never yeah. talk to you. Yeah. Hey, yeah. make sure you bring the material to when you go meet Dave. That's something that you can easily text me or call me mm-hmm. or or say to me. But I enjoy that the communication is coming from somewhere else, mm-hmm. uh, and because that shows me that uh, you really uh, taking hold of those thirty days. Yeah, and, and and so that was huge for me. I think I think there's a couple things in my own life that I'm trying to get better at, like rules for me. And one of them is like I don't touch. I I say I don't. I try not to. Touch my phone until 9 a.m. Okay. Right? Like, like I took what every... What time do you wake up? At my healthiest, like, when I'm... Again, COVID's really messed me up, I feel like, with, like, discipline and stuff, you know? But at my healthiest, I'm up at, like, 5. Okay. Um, and get that time in the morning. Like, that is key for me. If I can get up earlier than everybody else... I, I'm a slow waker. Like, I, I, I'm not the, like, all right, let's go. Right? Yeah. Like, I want to yeah. wake up. I want to spend some time, like, drinking coffee. I want to read a little bit. I want to plan out my day. I have a sketchbook. I kind of like plan out, you know, everything. When I'm at my best, I'm doing that. And so then my boys and my wife are getting up at 7, 7.30. I had two hours to kind of like mentally prepare for what yeah. it looks like to do my, yeah. do the day, you know. Then I don't need to be on my phone prior to that. Like yeah. I don't, there's nothing I need to do. Like I'm not, I need to be mindful of like, like let's say you're a client of mine. Let's say you text me at 8 a.m. Mm. Are you going to lose your mind if I text you back at 9.15? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, how yeah. many exactly. emergencies are really happening yeah. mm-hmm. that need to be dealt with right at that moment, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's a big thing is, like, it's so easy when you're running a company to feel like, but I need to be available yeah. all the time, you know? Yeah. For my employees, for new clients, for old clients, whatever. I need to be available. It's like, okay, it's okay. Like, I, for example, like, having Jen be able to say to me, like, hey, it's Labor Day. Like, are we, are we taking off? Like, what are your thoughts? And I'm like, oh, I, I just figured we'd work. She's like, none of the clients are working. Like, what do you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like let's just decide on, like, we're not working. And I was like, okay. You know what I mean? But, like, that would have been something where I would have just had a normal work day because, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, but being able to plan and, and say, okay, so phone, getting up early is key for me. Having that time to plan out my days and be really mindful of my days keeping my phone as a tool, right? Like reminding myself that this phone is a tool for me to like make my life better, not to suck life away from me. Yeah. Like I don't have any social media on here. I don't have internet on here. Like I you don't have got internet? I force myself. Now again, yeah, yeah. I can put it back on and yeah, I do yeah, yeah. and I waste okay, time. Okay, okay. But then I'll be like an hour into like just doing nothing. Like, what yeah, am yeah, I yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so for me, because so much of my work happens in front of a computer on social media, working through marketing stuff, it's like, I don't need to be on my phone. I have a computer that's with me 24 hours yeah, a day. Yeah. If I really need to get on and do something, I get on and do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's huge. The other thing is, like, really being okay with, this is a big thing for me, and it's something I, I really, when 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock happens, I usually work till about 6. I try to be done about 5. But when that happens, to be done, right? Like, if I have stuff that really needs to get done, that's one. I'm talking, like, hard deadlines. 95% of what I do is not a hard deadline. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's that, the Jesus says this, he says, don't worry about tomorrow, today has enough to worry about. And, yeah. and it's really owning that. Like, yeah, yeah. hey, I'm a human. I've gotten done everything I could possibly fit in. Yeah. Within an, a, a normal average day. Yeah. Okay, 
I can do this tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then on the flip side, the day when I plan well, the days where I get everything done by 3.30, not feeling like I have to keep working till 5 yeah. or 6. Yeah. Because that's my normal. Like, really owning, like, I think I'm done with everything. That, like, yeah. that needs to get done tomorrow, and I'm going to set that up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why planning is yeah. so key for me. Okay. Yeah. So my final question is something I um, I really like to ask everybody mm. um, because one thing I'm super big on is uh, legacy. Mm. Legacy. Uh, I think about my, my dad who was tragically murdered in 2009. I think about that situation and being at his funeral and remember how it was a 500-seat funeral and it was standing room only. And I remember looking up there and being like, this is what impact looked like. Mm. Because a lot of times throughout life, we don't get the opportunity to see what impact looked like, the impact you had on others. And also, a lot of times, people don't tell you what you mean to them. Hmm. Everybody said at a funeral, you know, and it's something that just always, it made me reverse engineer my life. Hmm. So, thing I ask everybody is, so you see, everything is all said and done. Uh, somebody is, people are speaking about you. What, what is the impact that Dave control? want to leave on the world when you're when it's all said and done when your name is brought up what do you wish to have following hmm. i don't oddly enough don't think about legacy a ton i i'm a big uh mma fighter uh-huh. or mma fighter i'm a big mma fan <laughs> and so a lot of fighters for some reason because careers are really short talk about legacy a lot like what's yeah. my legacy gonna be who am i gonna be known as and I always laugh. I'm like, I don't really think about that. But I guess I do. I guess what do I want to be known for is something I think a lot about. One thousand. You know, like, I don't know. That's right today. I want to, you know, what am I yeah. known for? Right, forget I mean, about, you, you wouldn't know. be doing all these things with the passion that you have if you didn't want to subconsciously. Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. Because it's a lot easier to just steal money, be an mm-hmm. asshole. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. And I think, I think something that I think a lot about is I want to be known as a person who is disciplined. I don't know why. That's just something like yeah, that's me being totally honest as I'm thinking about it out loud. Like, I, I don't like I don't want to be someone who couldn't control himself. Mm. You know what I mean? Like who was just responding to his emotion or whatever. I want to I want to tell myself when to wake up. I want to tell myself when to go to bed. I want to tell myself how to eat. Like, yeah. I don't want to be overweight because it's just not discipline or I don't want to yeah. sleep. You know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. discipline is important to me for some reason. Yeah. I just feel like as I as I get older, I feel like that's something I want. I always want to train my boys on like, hey, can, something we talk a lot about with our little guys, like, hey, it's okay to want to freak out. It's okay to want to be dramatic. It's okay to want to have a tantrum. It's not okay to not be in control. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay to have these emotions, but controlling them is important. You know, that discipline of like, hey, I can control myself, right? So that's something I think a lot about. Um I also think a lot about when it comes to legacy and who I want to be known as is I think about something that happened literally yesterday. My wife got a call from a friend of ours at four o'clock in the afternoon, like, hey, I who's her husband is in the military. And she's like, hey, I just got to talk to the doctor. Like, I'm nervous about the baby. She's 35 weeks pregnant. She's like, they think I need to go to the hospital. Can you drive me? And it was a total pain in the butt like to be honest with you it's like the last thing you want to hear at four o'clock in the afternoon when we're dealing with we're at, we're not in our house right now we have plumbers in there there's a whole remodel we're doing in our house like oh we don't have time for this right now yeah. but I called my wife like when she called me we were both like oh man and then like five minutes later I called her back and was like I'm so glad we're known as these people 
I'm so glad we're known as the people you can call uh, at four o'clock in the afternoon to do this. Mm. I hate that it bothers me yeah, yeah, in yeah, the moment, yeah. but looking back on it, like mature, five minutes later, like I'm so glad that these are the kind of people that people, because, and the reason why I say that is because I was talking with my mom, I was telling her what happened and she was like, I can't believe people just always call you guys for crazy things like this. And I remember thinking, that's an awesome, I'm so glad that that's it. That's the reality. You know what I mean? And so when I think about being known, I want to be known as people when you call me or my wife, like we're going to drop what we can and be there for you and care for you, you know, care for people in a way where they feel like, Hey, I can call when I'm, when I'm out of calls, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to call them, you know, I'm like, that's, that's who I want to be known as. Right. And so, yeah, I guess integrity and all those things are important, but, but specifically being there for people, you know, be known as a person. Yeah. And I, I think that's really beautiful because sometimes when I'm struggling, uh, when I'm struggling, a lot of people vent to me because they know I'm a great listener. You know, but sometimes I don't have the ability to listen because I'm, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes, honestly, I just want to talk. <laughs> yeah. Like, for real. Like, you know, uh, but I'm so disciplined in listening and really trying to understand that when people don't have anybody else to talk to, they know that they can always come to me and mm-hmm. talk. So I never thought about it from that perspective because sometimes I'm like, damn, can I get my turn? Hmm. that's not the role, that's not the legacy that we play. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's who we are, so. But uh, it's, it's, it's been a great, uh, it's been a great interview. Uh, glad you... I'm glad we can do it. Yeah, I'm glad you can do it, man. Thank you for listening to the Ray's Ramblings Podcast. I hope it brought you value this week. If it did, make sure you subscribe and follow Ray's Ramblings on social media. If you want the key points, bonus materials from this episode and future episodes, head over to RaysRamblers.com slash podcast and sign up for the Ray Club. you also get special perks, early access, and weekly motivation sent directly to your inbox, people. All of it for free just by signing up for the Ray Club at RaysRamblers.com slash podcast. Again, thanks for listening, people. Have a great week and be the best version of yourself.